0: to the Indian Creek Baptist Church podcast. Thank you for joining us today. If you have any questions, please feel free to contact us. Our website is www.indiancreekbaptistchurch.org or our email address is info at It is our sincere hope that through this podcast, God will speak to your heart and touch your life so that you may grow closer to him. Welcome back. We are back in the book of Esther today. We are, I think, going to finish the book of Esther today. Let's see how far we get. Um, Of course, I did not completely prepare this morning. Esther chapter 9 is where we're going to pick up. Esther chapter 9 and verse number 1 says, Now in the twelfth month, that is the month Adar, on the thirteenth day of the same, when the king's commandment and his decree drew near to be put in execution. In the day that the enemies of the Jews hoped to have power over them, though it was turned to the contrary that the Jews had ruled over them that hated them. The Jews gathered themselves together in their cities throughout all the provinces of the king Ahasuerus to lay hand on such as sought their hurt, and no man could withstand them, for the fear of them fell upon all people. And all the rulers of the provinces and the lieutenants and the deputies and officers of the king helped the Jews because the fear of Mordecai fell upon them. For Mordecai was great in the king's house, and his fame went out throughout all the provinces. For this man Mordecai waxed greater and greater. Thus the Jews smote all their enemies with the stroke of the sword, and slaughter, and destruction, and did what they would unto those that hated them. And in Shushan the palace the Jews slew and destroyed five hundred men, and Parshandatha, and Dalphin, and Aspatha, and Paretha and Adalia, and Aridatha, and Parmas, Parmashta and Ar- Arisea, and Ar- Aridea, and Bazatha, the ten sons of Haman, the son of Hamadatha, the enemy of the Jews, slew they, but on the spoil laid they not their hand. On that day, and then the number of those that were slain in Shushan the palace was brought before the king, And the king said unto Esther the queen, The Jews have slain and destroyed five hundred men in Shushan the palace, and the ten sons of Haman. What have they done in the rest of the king's provinces? Now what is thy petition, and it shall be granted thee? And what is thy request further, and it shall be done? Then said Esther, If it please the king, let it be granted to the Jews which are in Shushan to do tomorrow also according unto this day's decree, and let Haman's ten sons be hanged upon the gallows. And the king commanded it so to be done, and the decree was given to Shushan, and they hanged Haman's ten sons. For the Jews that were in Shushan gathered themselves together on the fourteenth day, also of the month Adar, and slew three hundred men at Shushan. But on the prey they laid not their hand. But the other Jews that were in the king's provinces gathered themselves together, and stood for their lives, and had rest from their enemies, and slew of their foes seventy and five thousand. But they laid not their hands on the prey." On the thirteenth day of the month Adar, and on the fourteenth day of the same, rested they. Had <clears throat> rested They and made it a day of feasting and gladness. But the Jews that were in Shushan assembled together on the thirteenth day thereof, on the fourteenth day thereof, and on the fifteenth day of the same, they rested and made it a day of feasting and gladness. Therefore, the Jews of the villages that dwelt in the unwalled towns made the fourteenth day of the month Adar a day of gladness and feasting, and a good day. And of sending portions one to another. Let's pray. Father God, again, we love you. We thank you. Lord, we are so encouraged as we study the book of Esther. That Lord, even at a time when the Jews were not seeking you, were not having you as part of their lives, when they were not even in their own country, that you sought them. Lord, that you delivered them you protected them. God, what a blessing that is for us, knowing that you so loved the world, you gave your only begotten Son to die for us. That while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Not just the Jews, not just Abraham or Isaac, but Lord, the whole world. So God, please help us today as we study this text, as we understand your truth help us to know and see your love and your mercy god we love you and we thank you it's in jesus name we pray amen mordecai exits the palace arrayed in royal apparel he's taken the place of haman the letters with the new decree have been sent and many of the people of the land have converted to judaism out of the fear of the new laws that's how chapter 8 ended. All of everything seems to be going well for the Jews. And chapter 9 opens with a timestamp. It's the 12th month on the 13th day of that month. This is the exact appointed time of the destruction for the Jews. This is Haman's plan has now come to harvest, and Mordecai and Esther's rebuttal is also maturing. What is going to be in store for the nation of Israel? Well, we understand that the Jews stood their ground and were saved from destruction. They took the path that had been placed before them and made right decisions. We also read in Scripture that it wasn't just the Jews who were standing. The Bible tells us that all the rulers of the provinces and the lieutenants and the deputies and the officers of the king helped the Jews. But the Bible also tells us that they did this because the fear of Mordecai fell on them. It's interesting here how all these rulers and powerful people suddenly feared Mordecai. This is completely different than how Haman came to be feared and rev- revered or reverenced. It reminds me of Luke 14. <clears throat> Luke chapter 14 is a parable starting in verse number 7 and he being Christ and he put forth a parable to those which were bidden when he marked how they chose out the chief rooms saying unto them when thou art bidden of any man to a wedding sit not down in the highest room lest a more honorable man than thou be bidden of him and he that bade thee And him come and say to thee. Give this man place. And thou begin with shame. To take the lowest room. But when thou art bidden. Go and sit down in the lowest room. And when he that bade thee cometh. He may say unto thee friend. Go up higher. Then shalt thou have worship. In the presence of them. That sit at meat with thee. For whosoever exalteth himself. Shall be abased. And he that humbleth himself. Shall be exalted. Sounds a lot like what we were talking about with Samson this morning. But Haman had done just what was described in this parable. He had been promoted to the the high-ranking place with the king. And he had talked the king into giving a decree that everyone should bow, everyone should worship him. That's why we're in this mess in the first place. Mordecai, however, had gone through and he had given the... Names of the two men that were trying to kill the king and not really asked for any credit. Esther had certified in Mordecai's name, but he had just continued on living. And now he is being brought up and raised up and he's taken the place of Haman. And these men now are fearing him, not because the king has commanded them to, but because God has put him in this position. Because out of this becomes a natural reverence for Mordecai. You see, in our lives, uh, as we've been dealing with the kids lately and they're getting older. And we've been trying to teach them that it's time to start doing the right thing because it's the right thing. Not because I'm making you do the right thing, but because you choose to do the right thing. When God exalts somebody and puts them in a place where they're respected, they're respected because people choose to respect them, not because they command respect. That's how we should strive to be in our homes as, in our, as we take leadership roles, not just in the church, but in the rest of the world. We should be someone that people want to follow, not someone they have to follow. I think of Joseph. Joseph was thrown in the pit by his brothers and sold into slavery and raised up in Potiphar's house and then thrown in prison and then finally raised up over all of Egypt. God was with Joseph and God raised him up. And all of Egypt listened, obeyed, and respected him because God had put him there. We see it in the life of Daniel. We see it in the life of David and so many others throughout the Bible. Men that God raised up, not that tried to exalt themselves, but that God had raised up. And because of this, the world was changed. Saul of Tarsus is another great example. As Saul, he went out demanding that people obey him, he went out arresting, commanding obedience. But when he got saved and was raised up as Paul, he went in the power of God and he said, follow me as I follow Christ. Today, there isn't a person in the world that doesn't get saved through the writings of the Apostle Paul. That doesn't come to know the Lord through the writings of Peter and John and James and Matthew and Mark and Luke and all the other Apostles. These were not men that put themselves in those places. These were men that were called out of the world by God. Oh, that we would follow these examples in our own lives. The other interesting thing here for me is that there are still people who thought they would carry out Haman's plan. I mean, just in Shushan the palace, the Bible tells us in verse 6 that 500 men were destroyed, including the 10 sons of Haman. That on that day, they chose to try and carry out the plan that Haman had laid out. After watching Haman be hung on his own gallows. The gallows that he had built for Mordecai. There were 75,000 throughout the whole kingdom who still sought to hurt the Jews knowing that the new laws had been put out, the new decrees had been given, that the Jews were now going to be able to defend themselves. And they still tried to destroy them. For me, this highlights the fact that often we know The right choice. We know the right path. And yet we still choose the wrong way. We talked about 1 Corinthians 10.13. That God has made a way for us to escape our sins. God has made a way for us to escape those temptations. We have to choose to take it. That was the main thought of last week as we looked at chapter 8. The Jews preparing, being allowed the way out. And here in chapter 9, they're choosing to take that way. All of these others had been given the same way out. They didn't have to follow through with what Haman wanted. But they chose to try. Notice with me verse number 11 of chapter 8. It says, Wherein the, ge- the king granted the Jews, which were in every city, to gather themselves together, to stand for their life, to destroy, to slay, and to cause to perish, all the power of the people and province that would assault them, but little ones and women, and to take the spoil of them for a prey. The Jews were given the ability to stand. The Jews, however, were only interested in their protection. They chose to defend themselves. But in verse 11, it tells, the king commanded that they would be able to take a spoil of all those that would try to hurt them. They could take everything they had and make it their own possession. But when we look at what actually happens in verse number 10 of chapter 9 the ten sons of Haman the sons of Hamadath, the king, the enemy of the Jews slew they but on the spoil laid they not their hand. Verse number 15 for the Jews that were in Shushan gathered themselves together on the fourteenth day also of the month Adar and slew three hundred men at Shushan but on the prey they laid not their hand. The Jews defended themselves, but chose not to take all of the spoil. They didn't want to take more than what they needed. They were content with simply defending themselves. Now among those that sought to harm the Jews were the ten sons of Haman. These men, you would think especially... Would understand the wickedness of their father. Would have known full well what happened to him and why it happened. And would have run from anything about him. I don't believe for a minute that these men were simply standing by and were swept up just because their father was Haman. The Bible clearly shows us that the Jews obeyed the king's command and they only harmed those who tried harming them. These men were trying to pick up where their father had failed. Just as we talked about ego this morning with Samson, this is yet another example of our own egos. We look at the places where our parents failed and we think that well, it'll never happen to us because I'm better than them. I had a best friend growing up. He lived catty corner across the street from my grandparents. We were inseparable from kindergarten all the way through school. His father was a recovering alcoholic. Had been through... Some very, very bad things. And he was not uh, afraid to share his circumstances. He was not afraid to share and to enlighten. Yet, all three of those boys, my best friend and his two younger brothers, thought that they were better, that they were stronger, that they were more responsible than their father. And they chose to go down that path as teenagers. Almost dying several times. I watched a documentary the other day on Evil Knievel. Stupid, I just needed to waste some time. I didn't need to, I wanted to. But Evil Knievel is famous for a lot of things. He's famous for failing at his attempt to jump the fountain at Caesar's Palace. He's famous for failing to jump the Snake River Canyon on a jet bike. But did you know that his son, Robbie, took after him? His son, Robbie, not only jumped the fountain at Caesar's Palace, he jumped Caesar's Palace, the building. And then he jumped the Grand Canyon. The only person alive, well, the only person to have ever succeeded. It came at a cost. He ended up, after he landed the jump at the Grand Canyon, he crashed and uh, was seriously hurt. But this is an exception to the rule. so many of us look at places where others have failed and we think that we can't possibly fail like that the results are often the same and we end up falling even harder we talked about 1 Corinthians 10:13 last week 1 Corinthians 10:12 says a lot 1 Corinthians 10:12 says wherefore let him that thinketh he standeth take heed lest he fall. Let him that thinketh he standeth take heed lest he fall. The verse starts with the word there, wherefore. Now when you see the word wherefore or the the word therefore, you have to figure out what it's there for. In scripture, those two words are always pointing to what was previously stated. The word means because of this case, this is the case. So if we look back and start back in verse number 1 of chapter 10, we see a whole list says, Moreover, brethren, I would not that you should be ignorant. How that all our fathers were under the cloud and all passed through the sea and were all baptized unto Moses in the cloud and in the sea and did all eat the same spiritual meat and did all drink the same spiritual drink and they drank of the spiritual rock notice the capital R there that followed them, followed them and that rock was Christ. So he's reminding us that our fathers walked they were under the cloud they followed the cloud of the the cloud by day and the pillar of fire by night they were provided for in the wilderness they were had all of these great miraculous things happened then verse number five but with many of them god was not well pleased for they were overthrown in the wilderness Now these things were our examples, to the intent we should not lust after evil things, as they also lusted. Neither be ye idolaters, as were some of them. As it is written, the people sat down to eat and drink and rose up to play. Neither let us commit fornication, as some of them committed, and fall in one day, or fell in one day three and twenty thousand. Neither let us tempt Christ, as some of them also tempted, and were destroyed of serpents. Neither murmur ye, as some of them also murmured, and were destroyed of the destroyer. Now all these things happened unto them for ensamples, and they are written for our admonition, upon whom the ends of the world are come. Wherefore, because of all of those things, let him that thinketh he standeth take heed, lest he fall. Now, it goes way back, farther than that. The whole book of 1 Corinthians is Paul pointing out the errors in the church who are supposed to be the children of God, called out, born-again believers, supposed to be serving God. But right there in chapter 10, he begins to compare them with Israel as they went through the wilderness, called out of Egypt, saved from slavery, saved from bondage, Saved from all the trials in the wilderness, brought into the promised land, and yet over and over and over again they continued to fight against God. Paul is saying, because of all that I have previously stated, check your ego. Haman's ten sons thought that they would succeed where their father had failed, and they faced the same fate as him. They were hung on the same gallows. God now has given the Jews victory, and they are celebrating Verse number 19, Therefore the Jews of the villages that dwelt in the unwalled towns made the fourteenth day of the month, Adar, a day of gladness, feasting, and a good day, and of sending portions one to another. Verse number 20, And Mordecai wrote these things and sent letters unto all the Jews that were in all the provinces of the king Ahasuerus, both nigh and far, to establish this among them, that they should keep the fourteenth day of the month Adar and the fifteenth day of the same yearly, as the days wherein the Jews rested from their enemies, and the month which was turned are sorry, and the month which was turned unto them from sorrow to joy, from mourning into a good day, that they should make them days of feasting and joy, and of sending portions one to another and gifts to the poor. And the Jews undertook to do as they had begun and as Mordecai had written unto them. Because Haman, the son of Hammedatha the Agagite, the enemy of all the Jews, had devised against the Jews to destroy them, and it has, had cast purr, that is, the lot, to consume them and to destroy them. But when Esther came before the king, he commanded by letters that this wicked device, which is devised against the Jews, should return upon his own head, and that he and his sons should be hanged on the gallows. Therefore they called these days Purim, after the name of Pur. Therefore all the words of this letter, and of that which they had seen concerning this matter, and which had come unto them, the Jews ordained, and took upon them, and upon their seed, and upon all such as joined themselves unto them, so as it should not fail that they would keep these two days according to their writing and according to their appointed time every year. And that these days should be remembered and kept throughout every generation, every family, every province, and every city. And that these days of Purim should not fail from among the Jews, nor the memorial of them perish from their seed. Then Esther the queen, the daughter of Abihail, and Mordecai the Jew, wrote with all authority to confirm this second letter of Purim. And he sent the letters unto all the Jews to the hundred twenty and seven provinces of the king, kingdom of Ahasuerus with words of peace and truth. To confirm these days of Purim in their times appointed according as Mordecai the Jew and Esther the queen had enjoined them, and as they had decreed for themselves and for their seed the matters of the fastings and their cry. And the decree of Esther confirmed these matters of Purim, and it was written in the book. The Jews are at peace. This is in the great picture for us that one day all the trial, all the trouble here on this earth will be over and we will be able to have nothing but joy in heaven. Verse number, Chapter number 10 is pretty short. It says, And the king Ahasuerus laid a tribute upon the land and upon the isles of the sea and all the acts of his power and of his might and the de- declaration of the greatness of Mordecai Whereunto the king advanced him are they not written in the book of the chronicles of the kings of Media and Persia? For Mordecai the Jew was next in the king of and great among the Jews, and accepted of the multitude of his brethren, seeking the wealth of his people, and speaking peace to all his seed. Mordecai now is proud to be a Jew. he's proud to be known as one of god's people next week we're going to take we're going to start in the book of daniel we're going to continue this series on lessons in obedience and we're going to see another man that stood for what he believed and was elevated Mordecai didn't start off right he didn't start off strong but he came to a point where he drew a line in the sand and said I am a Jew I will not stand for this and now he's recorded for all history for all the world to see What about us today? Are we lost? Not knowing the Lord? We better get to know Him. We don't want to be like the 10 sons of Haman or the 75,000 others that knew the truth. And still found themselves being destroyed. You see, I think that's going to be the worst part of hell. Hell is going to be a place of torment forever, and I think the worst torment in hell is knowing that you're there because you chose to be there. Knowing that you knew the truth and you rejected the truth. And the only person that can be blamed for you being in hell is you. Or are we like Mordecai? Maybe we've gotten saved. We've become a child of God. and We've just lived our life like everybody else. Maybe it's time for us to draw a line in the sand say no more. Maybe it's time for us to see the paths that God has given us to remove us from those temptations, from those sins in our lives. And it's time for us to take that path, to trust him and to serve him with everything we have. That's what obedience is. If you own the gospel, you owe the gospel. If Christ is your Savior, He has done more for you than you can ever repay, but that doesn't mean that you shouldn't try. We need to be grateful and do our best to please Him.